All right, guys, it's Brunson. Welcome back to the Brunson Podcast. Um, so excited to share another episode with you. Okay, so it's been a little bit, actually. I haven't, I haven't recorded a podcast in a little while, and I wanted to share some thoughts from... So, well, I, I should say, so I, I keep a lot of notes. I'm a journaler, as I've mentioned before, which actually has given me a lot of leverage on my life because whenever things are confusing or things don't make sense, often I just have to go back and read my journal and all the answers are right there. Um, again, life is not really a game of discovering new truth. It's more of a game of rediscovering the things we already know. And so very often the answers that we've been seeking for maybe the last year we discovered five years ago. And we're just relearning it. It's weird how we forget it. Um, I think a big one for me is is letting go of ego. It's one that it's a lesson that I I learn it, and then piece by piece I, I I reintroduce this ego and this pride back into my life. And then one day I'm like, oh man, nothing makes sense. Like, why is my life like so like confusing? And why are things so out of control? And I I'm trying to figure things out. And then all of a sudden I find out, oh, like I and I rediscover it. I'm like, oh, it's because I'm I'm being arrogant and prideful and and self-absorbed and egotistic and like, you know, and in small ways or large ways, it just, it's, it's straight poison. I'm like, oh, and I take it out of my life. Um, and all of a sudden life is amazing again. I'm like, oh man, it's amazing. I keep on forgetting that. And there's really not that many things, you know, there's probably like five things out there that solve almost every problem. Uh, I once heard that most of our problems out there are not real, right? A lot of things that we waste most of our time thinking about, all things that we stress about are actually not real. I think the number one job that we give our brain that's completely unfair is that we tell it that we want everyone to like us. We want everyone to agree with us. We want to be popular among all crowds. So we spend day and night, every single day, stewing and stressing over what others are thinking about us and how others perceive us and how um, you know how we feel about ourselves when we're around others, only to find out that at the end of the day, we get to decide that. We get to choose to be happy or not be happy, and it shouldn't be contingent on someone else. So all this going all the way back around um, and all these different thoughts that have kind of come into my mind, the big thing that I've been learning about lately and a lesson that I relearned and that's been very meaningful for me is, is becoming a master of chaos. So what we like to what we like to believe is that Life is black and white. We like to believe that there's rules. We like to believe in a, an idea of fair. And we just have to kind of wake up and realize it's just not true. Life is not fair. Life does not, does not, it's not smooth sailing. Um, I, I look at, I'll, I'll share a personal story. So something that I really enjoy doing is water skiing. And <clears throat> honestly, I'm not the best out there. I'm, I'm decent. I can, I can ski the course. All right. I guess I'm not amazing. And, but I'm good enough that I feel like I'm better than a lot of people that are like the newbies, you know, cause it takes, it takes quite a few years to get even decently good at water skiing. And I remember one time, uh, actually let me go back. So in my family, because I just got lucky, my dad has a nice ski boat. My brother has nice skis. Like I borrow other people's equipment, right? And I get the best because I've got people that are around me that are more interested than I am. <laughs> so as a result, I get to ski behind an amazing boat, use an amazing ski, like all the right stuff. So in other words, conditions are always really pretty good. And so I learned how to ski on perfect conditions. Like that's really how I learned to ski was out on the, on the best boat out there with the best ski out there. And I remember one time I was with a group of friends and we were out, um, on a, on a lake, you know, on a houseboat, just having a good time. And, and, uh, 
I was like, Hey, do you guys have a ski? And like, actually we do. Yeah. And I was like, and they're like, you ski? I'm like, yeah, I actually do quite a bit. And they're like, Oh, none of us ski. It'd be so cool to like watch you ski. Someone actually knows how to ski. I'm like, yeah, sure. It'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> and so I get behind a boat that was designed for wakeboarding. So it throws up this enormous wake. And then I'm using a ski that's way too tall for me. And I've never used it before. And it's really not great quality and it's super heavy and it's kind of clunky. And, um, I try to ski and I just crash and burn so hard. I think I fell after my second cut and just, just, um, tomahawked if you're, <laughs> you know, like head to feet, like, you know, whipping through the water. It was pretty embarrassing. I tried again, could not even get a good cut in. And they were like, Hey, good job. Like, I was like, no, that's, and like, what are you supposed to say? Like, Oh no, like you see me on like my boat. I'm a lot better, you know? And it was, it was kind of embarrassing. And I realized that in a way I'd kind of cursed myself by learning in perfect conditions. Um, and I think we do that all the time with our lives, right? We try to, we try to prevent anything that causes us discomfort or anything that's not perfect conditions. So whenever we, whenever we want to go for a run, we want to make sure we go for a run when it's perfect weather, right? Um, as we're training for the big race, I've done that. I made that mistake before. And then on another race, I realized, no, that's the opposite. I'm going to try to contain, train in the worst conditions. I'm going to try to, con- uh, going to try to deal with problems when everything goes wrong. Because the only thing that's really predictable, now listen to this, the only thing that is really predictable about life is that nothing's going to go according to your plan perfectly, ever. Things are always changing. Life is chaotic. We're dealing with billions of people's minds, all influencing the world in their own small ways. And we're creating this beautiful symphony of different thoughts and actions, but it's so unpredictable. If you want, you know, look at unpredictable. And right now we're, you know, as we're struggling with um, this coronavirus problem, it's, it's a classic example of how one small drop or one small perception, or even an idea is so incredibly powerful and in how it affects us. Um, and we look at something as simple as a virus that can totally like transform our economy. And if it transforms our economy, like it's, there's, there's major ripple effects. We live in a really volatile world. that's full of chaos. It's full of things that are unpredictable. And rather than saying, um, as, as a lot of people do, like, you know, there's, there's a lot of pride right now of people who are doing well financially and, um, saying, Hey, yeah, I'm just killing it right now. And the, but I'm like, yeah, but we're in the best economy we've ever seen. Probably I mean ever in your lifetime, we've never seen a better economy. Um, we've never seen more growth and more opportunity and easier entry for new businesses ever. Again, we're learning in perfect circumstances, but you look at the people who survived the last great recession or like my grandpa who was raised in the great depression for him he learned in a very chaotic circumstance how to make money. And so when the economy was great, he just killed it. And that's often the best thing. We try to learn in hard circumstances. We try to put ourselves into instability constantly. Now, I'm not saying that like, you know, we have to do like crazy measures on that. But I am saying that rather than trying to be around people who pat you on the back and say, hey, good job. Um, it's it's all right to be around people who who perhaps are more critical of you. We don't like that though. We don't like anyone that makes us uncomfortable. We don't want to be around them because they they bring out insecurities in us. But at the end of the day, they're the they're the true friend, and it's in an odd way. Um, I I love um, a few of Shakespeare's um, plays that he wrote, and in Twelfth Night there was this particular character, um, the jester character. I, I don't actually remember his name, but he said he said this quote that actually it's one of the few things in college that actually stuck with me. So listen up, guys. This is this is my college education. <laughs> Seven semesters condensed down into one statement. Um, this this guy said, you no. Know, well, he, a character asks this jester. He says, "Hey, um, 
he said, how's your life? And he said, something along the lines of, um, the worse for my friends and the better for my enemies or something like that. And he's like, what do you mean? Like, shouldn't it be the better for your friends? Like, because your friendships isn't your life better? And he's like, no, because he said, my friends will know that I'm making an ass of myself, but they'll smile at me essentially and say, hey, you're okay. And they won't, they won't, they won't allow me to see my own faults. He's like, but my enemies will tell me to my face that I'm an ass and that I've, I'm doing these things. And he's like, and, and it was a really profound idea. He's like, he's like, yeah, that's why I'm better for my enemies and worse for my friends. And it was such an amazing concept because we don't like that. We, we live in a world where everyone tries to say, hey, you're good enough as you are. And you are. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't change. That doesn't mean you shouldn't adapt. That doesn't mean that you should just remain the way you are. If, if life is causing you unhappiness and you're not feeling happy, the worst thing ever is a friend to walk up and say, hey, just, just ignore all that. Just don't worry about it. Um, granted, I'm, and I'm, I'm not in any way pushing away that we should choose to be happy. And I do believe in that. But if we are doing things that are inherently wrong and reaping unhappy results, and people say, hey, just, you know, don't like, you're, you're good enough. You're good enough. You're good enough. You don't need to change anything. Like just stay as you are. And that's, a, that's a lot of what our culture has become is that, um, kind of a soft culture, sympathetic and, and granted, I'm, I'm a huge believer in empathy and love, but sometimes it can be very destructive to have people only tell you, Hey, you're, you know, you're, you know, how did, how do I look in this? How do I look in this outfit? And they're like, Oh, you just look amazing. Like you do you. And like, you know, don't worry about it. And then, then like, I think a true friend would say, Hey, I think you kind of look like an idiot when you wear that, you know? And, and I'm, I'm really grateful. I've got friends in my life that tell me that I don't always listen to them because you don't, you can't be ruled by people's opinions, but it is nice to have people out there who will tell you the hard truth. And that's just the social aspect. Now let's consider like other aspects rather than training in perfect circumstances, train in the weather, train in the heat and the cold. Um, if you're going to almost anything that you do, if you're trying to learn a new skill, um, something I love from a book that I read, this guy was learning a martial art and he said, and you want to become a world champion. He said, the only thing, and, and this is, this is really what sparked this idea is when I read this book that he said, I realized that, um, the only thing that was predictable about these matches that I was getting into and this competition that I was doing was that people were going to cheat. They were going to sabotage me. They were going to find loopholes. They were going to change things. They were going to, the referee was going to screw me over. He's like, the only way I was going to win was by a landslide. I had to make it so obvious that there was no other way they could claim anything, but that I won. He's like, so I, I wasn't fighting a fair fight and I could have sat there and whined and said, it's not fair. And I could have complained. He's like, no, but I didn't do that. So instead he found the most barbaric person to train with. He found the guy that was famous for injuring people who was overly aggressive, who was like, <laughs> he's like, cause I knew that was that he was the worst. He's like, I found the worst case scenario to train with. So this guy was awful to deal with and nobody liked to train with him. He's like, I picked him. I handpicked him every time. And every day he beat the crap out of me. And every day I got stronger and every day I started to learn to like grow a shell. And at the end of it, he's like, yeah, I can take anybody now. I've dealt, I'll just dealt with the worst for this whole training period. I dealt with the, the most tough guy out there. The one who was the hardest on me, the one that was the most, you know, difficult. And by a similar token, we often run away from people in our lives who make us feel uncomfortable or bring out the insecurity in us. And, and I think that really we have to get outside of our own minds a little bit. We're often just trying to run away from our problems. And I think that as we try to face them, go head to head with them, we really do find a lot of power. Um, overarching is, is this concept that become a master of chaos, not perfection. Don't, don't become the best in a perfect scenario. Become the best in the worst scenarios because that's the more predictable option, honestly. So with that in mind, um, wish you all the best of luck.
and we'll see you in the next episode.